Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara, and as always, I am joined with my ghoul friend, Jessica. Would it be weird if I said top of the morning, or is that Ireland? That's Irish. Well, then anyways, hello, people. (laughs) Hello, and today we are going to be talking about the Loch Ness Monster, a.k.a. Nessie. We always get great feedback on these kind of cryptid creature type things, so we chose another one for you. That we did. That we did. Yes. But before we get into that, if you are new here, hello and welcome. Thank you for checking out our show. And returning spooksters, welcome back. We love you guys so much. If you would like to hang out with us on social media, you can head to the show notes. I have a link tree with everything revolving us. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at 3 Girls, And we also have our Facebook group. If you would like to participate in a more community-type basis, that is 3 Girls Official. And this is coming down. We are now in the week of our live event, if you are listening kind of in real time for when this publishes. So definitely check it out. Go purchase those tickets. We are sending 10% of the proceeds over to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And our VIP ticket holders, y'all should be starting to receive slash already received your swag packs and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, we hope you guys enjoy that. Jessica's done a lot of hard work in them and there's a lot of cool things in there for you. Mm-hmm. But also, if you would like to support the show, we do have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash three spooked girls or Linktree as well. For as little as a dollar, that gets you one episode a month of bonus content. And we go up from there. We have episodes here, episodes there. There's two extra ones if you're at our two or higher tier. And then you also, if you're at five or higher, you get a video episode a month as well. So five and higher, they get four episodes plus live streams and other cool stuff. And you can check that out over there. Everything's in the tiers for you. Mm-hmm. But that's enough for our business stuff. Jessica, what is our drink this week? It is called a Black Scott. And it is beautiful. Tara, look at this picture. It is fucking gorgeous. <gasps> you all can't see because you can only hear me. But tomorrow you'll see on the socials. It is delicious. It's great for spooky season. I like it. Yes. Oh my gosh. It Okay. One of the things is like it has this kind of like white topping on it and it's called a black scot because it's made with blackberries, which I love me some like mold up fruit and drinks. But the topping that's on it is like honey and whipped cream. So you know me and like that. It's delicious. Oh, so it has obviously that topping mix and then it has blackberries, honey, lemon juice and scotch whiskey. 
it looks beautiful and I would like to try this. Hell yeah. Yeah. Check it out on our Pinterest board or on the socials tomorrow. We always link the recipe for you guys. But we are going to go ahead and take a quick promo break and we will be right back. Hey there, I'm Jennifer and I host Haunted Happenstance, a creepy and quirky little audio drama set in a historic residence in Boston, Massachusetts. You see, I've always loved a good ghost story and as it turns out, ghosts have always loved me too. Convenient? Maybe. Coincidence? Perhaps. But I think it's a bit more than that. Let's see if you agree. So sit back and get ready to join me and my neighbors for some truly spooky tales that can only be explained as haunted happenstance. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your podcasts. Ted Bundy murdered my dad's friend's sister in 1974 while on his reign of terror in Utah. At least, Bundy admitted to killing her just before his execution, but police were never able to locate her body. That's the topic of just one episode on Straight Up Enigmas, a podcast to explore the unexplained. We discuss the mysterious deaths of the Jameson family, share terrifying true stories from real people about sleep paralysis, and explore Cleopatra's missing tomb. I'm Jaden McKell, and I'm the host of Straight Up Enigmas. Our bite-sized bi-weekly episodes focus on the world's strangest mysteries, sacred and sonic geometry, the murder of Karen Silkwood, Turkmenistan's door to hell, the curse of the omen, and much more. Listen and subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you find podcasts. All right. Well, welcome back, guys. We are going to get into the Loch Ness Monster. Jessica is going to bring us kind of like the history and background and lore. And then I'm going to come over here and give you some more more real life type of things. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Nessie, which, you know, this is one of those like cryptid creatures that like I've known about my entire life, but have not really known about my entire life. Mm -hmm. Same. Basic information that everyone knows is the Loch Ness Monster, or Nessie, is a mythical animal that allegedly lives in Loch Ness, which is a large body of fresh water near Inverness in Scotland. I'm probably saying that wrong, and I apologize to everyone from Scotland, especially David Tennant. (laughs) So the name Nessie is derived from Ness, the Loch Ness, and Loch Ness is located in the Scottish Highlands. And it is actually the largest volume of freshwater in Great Britain. It is 800 feet deep and 23 miles in length. So in a big old lake. Mm -hmm. Reports of a large lake monster go back as far as the first century. Basically, when the Romans came in to Scotland in the first century, they found the highlands which were occupied by a fierce tattoo-covered tribes that they called the Picts or Painted People. And basically, these people not only painted themselves, but they painted like paintings on caves and stones and stuff like that. And they painted what was a extraordinary looking beast. And they did paint a lot of animals. They were very fascinated by that. But one of the animals that they depicted was a strange beast with elongated beak or muzzle, a head locket or spout. I don't know what a head locket is, but meh. And had flippers instead of feet. Hmm. So I don't know if, like, Nessie was a real thing or (laughs) if these people just had, like, a vast imagination, but... 
That's kind of like the first we know of it. But then like the actual first recorded recorded story came in 565 AD and it was written down in a, I don't know if it was a book, but let's call it a book, a memoir, if you would like to say. And it's called The Life of St. Columba. And it was written, like I said, in the 6th century. And according to this piece of literature, it describes that an Irish monk by the name of St. Columba was staying in the land of the Picts with his companions when he encountered local residents burying a man near River Ness. Basically, what they said is that the man went swimming and then this water beast mauled him and dragged him underwater and they had to rescue him in a boat, but he sadly did not make it. So the priest, thinking that he was smart, sent one of his followers, not himself, so he was smart, he sent someone else, to swim across the river and when the beast approached him, Columba made the sign like the uh, sign of the cross and said, go no farther. Do not touch the man. It went away, apparently, as if it was to be pulled back by ropes and led away. And that's kind of the first story of it. A lot of the early stories kind of have Nessie or the Loch Ness Monster not necessarily in the lock itself, but in the river Ness, which is like leads into it or away from it. I'm not really sure how the water flows, but one of those directions. In the Scottish folklore, large animals have been associated with this. And a lot of times, if you've seen the newest of the Fantastic Beasts series, when you go and see Newt in London and he's in his house, he has what's called a Kelpie, which they do sometimes say is the Loch Ness Monster, is a Kelpie, which is a water horse. And apparently they are very mischievous and they like to drown people. It's not just the one in that movie. They definitely like to be mischievous and drown people. They do have magical powers and they are, they're said to have malevolent intentions. So not the best of pets from what I can tell. Yeah. And they are shape-shifting water spirits that inhabit locks and pools in Scotland. Like when they say pools, do you think they mean like little ponds or do you think like pools? Like if I owned a house in Scotland and there was a pool. No, I think like body of water. A pool is a body of water. But I mean like a natural body of water. I'll crush my dreams, why don't you? (laughs) Kelpies are said to be dark colored, so there's that. Hmm. What could Nessie be? I mean, there's a lot of speculation out there what Nessie really could be, and some of it is like people obviously think she, are we calling her a she? Do we know if it's a she? I don't think we know for sure, but I feel people refer to her as a girl. I think that's why it's like Nessie. Yeah. If Nessie is listening and you are not a female, we are sorry we are misgendering you. I mean, and that could be the reason Nessie doesn't want to, like, hang out with humans is they're like, oh, Nessie, she, and it's a dude, and he's just like, I hate you all. Why do you think I'm a girl? Poor Nessie. Right. So, one of the theories for the longest time is that it was a pliosaur, which I don't know if many people know this, but Loki loved dinosaurs. (laughs) Love dinosaur movies. One of my favorite movies is We're Back. Do you remember that movie? Mm, yeah, that was a good movie. It's on Disney+. Plus. It scared the shit out of me as a kid, <laughs> especially when they turn bad. Yeah. Anyway, moving forward. <laughs> Obviously, this is like one of those things where there isn't a lot of proof to back up what they're saying. Unlike Sasquatch or Bigfoot, there isn't like a video of Nessie like swimming majestically out there. And so there's no evidence that 
It could be a dinosaur, which makes me sad because the only things left of dinosaurs are birds and crocodiles and alligators and lizards. But like, I really wish there were other dinosaurs left. I mean, I kind of want the herbivores to be left, not really the carnivores. Right. That's what I was thinking. There's enough chaotic fuckery in this world. I can't have like a T-Rex biting the top of my house (laughs) off on like a semi-regular basis because it's hungry. Like I couldn't handle that. But like, I think I could handle like, I don't know. I can't think of any other one right now, but carnivores. (laughs) A long neck. I don't know the real name. (laughs) I think it's Brachiosaurus. Also, people have thought it to be sturgeons or like a greenway shark. I think that's how I wrote it down. I don't know if that's the correct. Some kind of shark. Yeah. (laughs) It's some kind of shark. But also the issue with that is that the lock like Loch Ness doesn't directly run out into the ocean and it wouldn't be something that would be easy like sometimes in the bay area and you go up towards the delta like sharks will come in or dolphins or whales because like there's an accessibility to it but it doesn't so you know though i will say that i saw a picture of a sturgeon the other day and i was like that shit is huge Mm -hmm. but they haven't found sturgeon in the lock so And then also the other thing is there has been some testing done on the lake to see what biographically, I want to say, lives there. And they didn't find any kind of like reptilian DNA. However, they found a lot of eel DNA in that lake. So they think they either think this is kind of the theory. What I've heard is it's either like there's a ton of little tiny eels (laughs) everywhere Which would be weird because then I feel like people would be like, there's a shit ton of eels in that lake. Right. Or there's just a moderate amount of really big eels. And it's 800 feet deep. If people were bugging me, I would stay down below. That's why like a lot of wildlife, they stay away from humans because they're like, fuck that shit. Mm. But yeah, so a lot isn't really known about it. There has been some more newer sightings. But I will tell you that there is a wonderful movie out there. It's called The Water Horse. and. There's, it's also a book. And if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend you watch it because it's about a young boy who finds, I believe, an egg and then he hatches the thing and then he like raises Nessie from like, I'm assuming we're going to call it a pup like a seal from like a little pup to when she's like he or she is full grown and beautiful and a horse. And it is a magical adventure. I think it's a very underrated movie. And if you have a kid and you want to like watch their life change. Mm hmm. I think that would be like for me, like, because that came out when I was older. I feel like if I was a kid, like if I was little bug's age, I would be like, holy shit. It went from that little to that big. I would be mesmerized. (laughs) Of course, I think your kid is probably a lot more advanced because of just like technology and seeing different things. Like what I saw when I was eight versus like what eight year olds today see. It's a little it's a little different. Yeah. But any hoodle. So that's really all I have. Okay. Well, it's an interesting background. And I mean, let me just preface for you guys. All these expeditions and people trying to submit proof and everything, you're going to hear a lot of like tug of war between Nessie's real, Nessie's fake. Nessie's real, Nessie's fake. That's pretty much how this fucking goes. (laughs) So something that was common in the 30s was Nessie sightings, which I thought was really weird, like a weird time period. But it was also during the Great Depression. So people were like, well, maybe they're just trying to distract themselves, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. One particular account that many people mentioned in articles and stuff was there was an article done in the Inverness Courier in 1930. And this 
story talked about a couple who saw Nessie, quote, the creature disported itself, rolling and plunging for fully a minute. Its body resembled that of a whale and the water cascading and churning like a simmering cauldron. Soon, however, it disappeared in a boiling mass of foam. Both onlookers confessed that there was something uncanny about the whole thing, for they realized that here was no ordinary denizen. I don't know what that word means, of depths, because apart from its enormous size, the beast, in taking the final plunge, sent out waves that were big enough to have been caused by a passing steamer, end quote. And when that story came out, and also another one around the same time, it kind of shot everybody into this media frenzy, basically, and accounts popped up everywhere. And also... They actually even put out a $20,000 prize or pound of anyone who could catch Nessie and bring her to them. I'm like, what the fuck? And in the 30s, that's a lot of money. I didn't do the conversion on this one, but I mean, that's still a good chunk of change for today. That's true. I mean, I watch the show Cannonball and those people do stupid ass shit for 10K. And all you got to do is catch Nessie for 20. I mean, today people would still do it. Right? Absolutely. And this was also the same year that the first photo of Nessie kind of came about. And this photo was taken by Hugh Gray on November 12th of 1933. It's slightly blurry of a picture, so it really didn't hold much credibility to all the skeptics. Spoilers, again, that's kind of a common theme with any kind of, quote, proof of her. So basically... (laughs) People thought that the figure in the picture was his dog because people had seen him out on a walk with his dog that day. They were like, he's just trying to catch a stick from the water. And that's what really is in the picture. I mean, very well could be. Of course, the original negative is long gone. So people nowadays with our new, you know, better technology can't look at it. But in 63, a person named Maurice Burton actually somehow got two of the lantern slides, which they said contact positives from the original negative. So any photography people, you may know what I'm talking about, but I am like, okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We both are like, yeah, I have no clue what that means. Yeah. And when they said they took like a deeper look at the actual image, it was said that it wasn't a dog, that in fact, it was an otter rolling at the surface in a characteristic fashion, end quote. Of course, it's an otter. Right. Now, this other photo I'm going to talk about, y'all have probably seen this. It's that kind of cult favorite photo of like Nessie's head popping out of the water and it's like gray. Which I think is an elephant. (laughs) Yeah. This photo is called the surgeon's photo and it was taken in 1934. And this was said to have been taken by Robert Wilson, who was a, depending on the article, either a London surgeon or a London gynecologist. You can be both. Could be both. And this was published in the Daily Mail on April 21st of 1934. But apparently, Wilson didn't want to be associated with it publicly. (laughs) That's my favorite part of that. Here's my photo, but please do not put my name. (laughs) Yeah. And according to Robert, he said that he was over by the lock one day and he saw Nessie pop out and he took four pictures. Only two of them turned out. So he turned those in. One is that one, that infamous one. And the other one was supposed to be of the of Nessie going back into the water. Now, Jessica already joked about it being an elephant. So skeptics think it's pretty much everything but Nessie. They are like, it's an elephant. It's an otter again. 
It's driftwood, you know, basically all these other things. And they said that, you know, this photo was cropped. So they think that happened to make the figure look bigger than what it was versus showing the whole thing. Because when you see that, you see that the water ripples are actually pretty small, like came from a smaller object, not a big creature. Well, with this, decades would go by, and then for the next few decades, like, people thought this was a solid picture of proof, those who believed. But shit kind of came crashing down in the 90s. So the photo would be analyzed for a documentary called Loch Ness Discovered, and that was in 1993. They had found a white object in every version of the photo, which made them think this was the negative and that the creature was really an object, and due to the ripple patterns in the water, it was being pulled or towed by something to make the effect. And this is super important because when they looked at the creature, quote, quote, itself, they were able to deem it was about two to three feet long Ah. versus this giant thing that Nessie is. And then shortly after that, in 94, the truth came out. It was said that the Nessie, quote, quote, in the photo was actually a toy submarine that was built by a person named Christian Sperling, and he was the son-in-law of a man named Marmaduke Wetherell. And he, fun fact, was someone who said he found Nessie footprints, but it was totally a hoax. He had some umbrella stand that was essentially like a taxidermied hippo's foot, and he used that to make the print so then he could snap the photo of this, you know, Nessie print. (laughs) But people called him out and figured out and knew. And apparently he was pissed and he was embarrassed and... He actually worked for the Daily Mail, and when his when it was discovered that his whole thing was fake, they published that, you know, like, during this time period, people were, like, all about media conspiracies and whatever's going to grab headlines. I mean, let's be real, that's still today. <laughs> I was like, how did that change? Yeah, that did not change. So he got pissed. So he came up with this idea to get revenge. And basically, he had Christian make that object. And he, okay, this is so elaborate. There's so many people that was not needed. Just saying. <laughs> His son, Ian, purchased the materials for Christian to make it. And then there was this other dude named Maurice Chambers, who was the middleman with the photo and gave it to the Daily Mail. Wow. Oh, no, no. The materials... So, okay, I'm sorry. I kind of misspoke. So they bought a, on top of the materials to like make Nessie shape, they actually bought a legit toy submarine. And this was bought by somebody else too. So they have different people shopping and doing all these fucking things. And the person who bought it, his name was F.W. Woolworths. And the materials that were bought was wood putty. And that's what was used to make her head and neck. So there we go. A little confusing, but we got through it, guys. And basically, after all these purchases and everyone's coming together to make this little baby, you know, model Nessie thing, they actually tested it in a local pond. And after that, they went to the Loch Ness and that's where they took the photos. And then (laughs) Maurice, like I said, was the middleman. He gave the photos. They were like plates. He gave those to Robert Wilson, who passed them along. (laughs) So it's this whole whole fucking thing. (laughs) Wow, this is like Ocean's Eleven, but like Nessie conspiracy. Literally, it's so crazy. There's far too many people pulling off this like hoax. (laughs) Yeah. 
And like I said, there was the media craze with trying to find Nessie. There was that reward. So, of course, there was like all kinds of expeditions going out trying to find her. And, you know, no dice. They had no luck. And what was interesting was there was kind of a gap for a while. So really, there wasn't any notable expeditions until the 60s. Now, here we go. We got people who took this seriously. In 1962, the Loch Ness Phenomena Investigation Bureau was made or was born. And this was formed by Norman Collins, David James, Peter Scott, and Constance White. And Constance, fun fact, she actually wrote a book on Nessie. It's called The Loch Ness Monster. And David was a politician. So we got some different variety of folks because Peter was like a scientist. They call him a naturalist in a lot of articles. I would say maybe that equates more to like environmentalist type of thing. I don't know. But later, they would uh, shorten up the name a little bit to Loch Ness Investigation Bureau, or LNIB. And they essentially started, you know, organizing like a caravan camp and this type of viewing area platform thing so people could go out to try to help look for Nessie. And it was said that the organization was, like, their goal was to, quote, study Loch Ness to identify the creature known as the Loch Ness Monster or determine the causes of its reports. It's kind of like it's not necessarily just on the creature. They're open to that there might be a different explanation type of thing. And like most, you know, organizations, if you want to be a member, there was an annual fee you had to pay. Makes sense. And this basically helped fund volunteers and, like, all the admin stuff and, you know, things like that. Because they also did a lot of, like, filming and all of that. Also in the 60s, a few British universities, they decided to make their own teams to go out for expeditions to look for Nessie themselves. But again, there's no conclusive evidence here. And what actually was exciting and kind of noteworthy here was they started using sonar, which is a huge tool for this underwater, you know, search. And they were able to determine, you know, there was something large moving in the water, but there was no way to slim it down to it's this kind of creature or anything like that. Then sadly, in 1972, LNIB disbanded due to not having enough funds, so they were broke. But don't worry, this did not stop people from searching for Nessie. So after the disbandment, the Academy of Applied Sciences out of Boston, Massachusetts, got a group together to go search for Nessie. And this was run by Dr. Robert Rines. And he used underwater photography during this search, which actually would be a huge thing because it had never been done before. And all of the prior, you know, quote, photos were all above water. And they also used sonar as well and came across some unusual, quote, quote, activity and made sure to take note that in these areas they were searching, they avoided like dark and murky water that would have a lot of debris, like a lot of driftwood and stuff. So nothing would give them like false data as best as they could. And during their search with the Academy, they actually were able to catch two photos of what is described as a rhomboid flip. So like Nessie's flipper. 
or Finn. But of course, like all the other pictures, they always get a ton of shit about it. And in one interview, a guy who was there, his name was Charles Wyckoff. He said that, yes, they enhanced the photos, but it was only so it was easier to see the fin and see the objects in the water. They didn't do anything to alter them or add anything in. So aka no Photoshop. I don't know what it would have been called back then, but you know, no fucking with it really. And then, interesting enough, in 1975, Nessie got her scientific name, and this was by someone I talked about earlier, Peter Scott. He did this because he wanted Nessie to be added to the British Registrar of Protected Wildlife, and you had to have a scientific name. That was one of the criteria. Basically, it's this really long name that's hard to say. It's Nessiteris Romba Pertex something, I don't know. But anyway, it stands for Nessie Inhabitant with Diamond-Shaped Fin. And of course, people are like, "Mm, you're crazy, you're full of shit, this thing doesn't exist. So this politician, his name was Nicholas Fairbairn. There's a A-I-R-N thing going on there. I don't know. He basically was like, this is an anagram and you're trying to like pull a fast one. And he said the anagram stood for Monster Hoax by Sir Peter S. And of course, we got some clap back. So Dr. Rines was like, uh, no, like that name could just spell any kind of things. And he's like, <laughs> and so he was a smart ass and was like, it's it could also spell, quote, yes, both picks like P-I-X are monsters dash R. <laughs> which I mean, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, as we go into like the late 80s and into the 90s, there are more expeditions that happen, but it seems like everything has the same theme of we catch stuff on sonar, we get these, you know, this crazy data of strong contact and things moving, but we have no way to prove what it is we're in contact with, which is just kind of like really frustrating for those trying to be like Nessie's real. And really, you know, that's just kind of how it's went from there through today and that the eel thing Jessica talked about earlier. I was actually really surprised to read that this happened in 2018. So this was only a couple of years ago that they did that. So obviously, plenty of people out there are still researching Nessie today. It's not anything, you know, that's died off in just a story. So, I mean, I'm not really too sure on if she is real. I want to always believe stuff like that is real. But it's just, it seems like either Nessie's really hiding out because they don't give a flying fuck. Or it's eels, I guess. I don't know. It's hard because, you know, in America, a lot of people think Sasquatch, Bigfoot is a real thing. Mm Mm-hmm. There are TV shows. I would much rather watch a TV show about someone trying to find, like, Nessie than Bigfoot because I think it would be more beautiful. Totally. So, yeah, it just seems like stuff with Nessie is very undecided. Like, there's no conclusive answer. And, you know, when you're trying to research it, it's, like, kind of frustrating because you're like, <laughs> why do I have to keep hearing these all these arguments of yes and no so much? Like, just give me some details. Shit. But I guess that's part of Nessie's thing is there's not really any super concrete details. <laughs> Right. And I have so many questions because it's like, there'd have to be at least two. I mean, I think it's like one of those moments like what animals in nature do not need another person to reproduce? I don't know. (laughs) But like, you would think there would need to be two or something like that. Yeah. And there would be like evidence, like skeletal remains. Right. Yeah. At least like with like Bigfoot and stuff like that, they've like faked that shit. Because in America, we really know how to fake shit. (laughs) 
I feel like with Nessie, they're a little bit more respectful. Right. And I love that they've like Scotland. Okay, well, can we just say like Scotland is amazing because like their national animal is a fucking unicorn, which is like my favorite thing on the planet. <laughs> so like Scotland just wins all around. Mm-hmm, for sure. But that is going to go ahead and wrap us up here for today. We hope you enjoyed our take on the Loch Ness Monster, a.k.a. Nessie. If you have any favorite stories of Nessie that you've came across, let us know in the group, on the socials. We always love reading extra content on stuff we cover. But we are going to go ahead and sign off. We will see you on Thursday for a stabby snippet. And for those who have bought tickets, we will see you on Friday for the live event. Bye, guys. Bye.